Hey, busy business people. I am here today with another entrepreneur taking action, Noel Andrews. He 5X'd his revenue by pivoting his business from money while you sleep into a service-based business that helps other businesses scale through hiring great people. And I'm going to figure out how he did it. So to kick things off, you told me that you started with a money while you sleep business and turned that into a service-based business, which is a little backwards, right? So to unpack that, like what was your money while you sleep business? What did it do? Yeah. So uh, as any kind of VC or investor will tell you, job boards, uh, job boards and self-storage is where the, where the money seems to flow these days. Uh, so I was running a job board or I'm running a job board. Uh, so JobRack is a hiring service focused on uh, kind of hiring really great remote workers from Eastern Europe. And yeah, conventional job board in that sense, you know, people can go on, they can purchase 24 hours a day, uh, they can post their job, it goes live and gets kind of uh, promoted out to our database. So literally I could wake up in the morning and see kind of purchase confirmations and, and new jobs getting posted. Well, and then you went into a service-based business. What is that? What do you do there? So uh, I help people hire. So the challenge that you have with a job board uh, is that there's thousands of job boards. And, uh, you know, as much as we are niche down, so we are very focused or 100% focused on Eastern Europe, we're 100% focused on remote workers and helping you know, people with businesses and typically online businesses to hire those people. Um, you know, scaling a business when the, per the, the cost or the thing you're selling is $199 doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, kind of investing in marketing or paid ads or kind of scaling, things like that. And so that was one side of it. it. It kind of it's tricky to scale, not impossible, but tricky. And that's where kind of like uh, venture capitalists kind of jump in and kind of fund uh, job boards to kind of get that kind of growth. Uh, but that's not my not my bag, not a route that I wanted to to go. And then at the same time, I was having a lot of people, a lot of clients come to me and said, hey, no, you know, can you help us hire? You know, hiring's hard. It's, it's really kind of takes tons of effort and uh, takes us ages to do. And we just don't know how to do it. So can you help us hire? And uh, help us you know, find the best people. And so I am a very, my kind of marketing strategy is to be helpful and friendly. And so when people come to me and they're asking me for help, it's kind of like, mm, is there something here? And it uh, felt like there was a kind of a little thread that I could pull. Um, naturally, if we're doing services like this, it's, it's considerably higher priced. Um, but the value that we're giving is dramatically higher as well. So yeah, it's much higher priced than it was, but it's still very, very reasonable. And um, we're giving people kind of tons of great value. And, and one of the things it happens to have worked out with is that, you know, I now spend my time on calls with entrepreneurs and business owners, which they're the kind of people that I like hanging out with anyway. So it's kind of a win-win, albeit it's an unconventional story, as, uh, as you said. Yeah, it's definitely unconventional. Most people are in the service-based side of things and they're looking for ways to get that money while they sleep. But it sounds like you made that decision to pivot because there was an opportunity and it called to you which speaks to like the things I tell business owners all the time. It's like, what is your superpower? Who do you, you know, if you had to spend the all day, every day with the same type of person, who would they be? And then go invent the service that helps them and you'll be happy. Like, <laughs> sounds like you actually did what I tell people to do all the time. So that's amazing. I was wondering as soon as you told me that's what you did, I'm like, why, <laughs> why would you go backwards? But that makes sense. Now, what made you decide to turn that into an actual business? Like you were just helping people and being a helpful human and there's fulfillment in doing that. 
but you made the conscious decision to say like, okay, I'm going to build a business on this now. I'm going to actually create this service-based business. What was, what was going on there? Like in your head? Yeah. So I'd been striving for, I mean, job rack when I bought it was very, very small. Um, it had been built up to a point and it had been sidelined and kind of almost mothballed. And, and I came in when it was very, very tiny. Like the revenue was $15 per month at the point I bought it. It's like really tiny, right? Little, little kind of side hustle. But, you know, at the time it, it, it had a lot of potential. And so I built it up to be kind of, you know, mid five figures a year. Um, and I was really striving. I wanted to, you know, there's a big, like an entrepreneurial tick box of having a six figure business, right? And on the way to a seven and an eight figure business. And I was really intent on getting it to be a six figure business in its own right as a, as a job board. And so when people were asking me to help them, and, and like you said, I was kind of helping them anyway, I was just doing it kind of free and they'd post $199 job post. And it was mid last summer, I think it was, and uh, someone who's now a good friend and a very regular client, uh, he said to me, he was like, you know, th this is gold. I'd, I'd pay you, you know, a few thousand dollars for this. In fact, can I pay you a few thousand dollars for this? And I'm like, oh, that feels weird. No, just buy me a steak dip. <laughs> just just buy me a steak dinner next time I'm in Boston, uh, which he still owes me because COVID and I can't get to Boston just yet. But I'm definitely going to call that one in, uh, Dale. If you're listening, you know that that steak dinner is getting getting bought. Um, and it just kind of it kind of resonated, and it took a few months to kind of percolate around in my head because I was really fixed to this idea of getting job rack to the point that I wanted it to be in terms of you know six figure business on the job board. And I had a really good coach at the time. And he was pushing me and he was like, hang on a minute, right? You're struggling and striving and it's, it's really hard to get you up to where you want to be with this. But why don't you just jump into JobRack 2.0, right? Why don't you just jump to these services? They're much higher priced. You're going to deliver way more value. People are going to be much happier. And we still do the, the job board stuff as well. And people love that. But we've now got this kind of second string to our bow. And uh, he was right. It took me a couple of months to realize that. Uh, and when I did, and it, it then just went really, really fast. It was it was a no brainer, right? When you've got people queuing up asking you to do something, and you're the one saying, "No, don't pay me the money." Uh, you know, when you know you can do it and do a really great job, it's it was literally like a no brainer like that, and and it's proven to be the case. And now we come into all the kind of headaches that comes when you start trying to scale a service based business. But I'm uniquely yep. positioned to deal with a lot of those, thankfully. Well, now let's talk about that being uniquely positioned. So that was actually one of my questions on my list because service-based businesses are hard, especially in your scenario where it's like you had this personal superpower that worked for you. You have a skill set. And then as you try and scale yourself, you know, I hear business owners all the time. They're like, if I could just clone myself, mm -hmm. if I could just have like five more of me, 10 more of me with the same passion, qualifications, you know, everything, then this would be amazing. And they can't find those people. So you've kind of, you're uniquely skilled in this, that helping people hire is one of your superpowers. How did that help you? What did that, how did you scale up? What kind of stuff were you hitting? So the first thing I needed to do was recognize that, you know, I couldn't do all of this myself, right? So I had a very small team in place. I had a couple of people working with me kind of around customer support and kind of like hiring success management. So kind of supporting our DIY customers uh, on the job board. And I knew I needed to bring in some kind of recruitment muscle. Um, so I brought in a lead recruiter, um, uh, an amazing woman from Macedonia. And so she has helped to kind of lead on the recruitment and the sourcing side of things, which is the, which is the crucial part of it, right? You've got to have like any funnel, you've got to have the people coming in at the front that you can then filter down and then kind of, you know, really tightly filter them down and kind of whittle them down to get the good people through the phases. So that was the first step I did. Um, and 
pushed that, you know, I didn't expect it to scale that quick, to be honest. We did, you know, our first few rolls last December. And then suddenly, you know, within four months, with 5x the revenue of the entire business, we were doing kind of 22, 23 rolls simultaneously, which wasn't entirely intentional. It was just people started talking. And I've always done well from referrals with Jobrack, but this has just gone another level. Um, and coupled with that, you then get some clients that are a little bit slower to uh, to work with. So ideally, we want to work with people and, you know, we want to get roles done in about four to six weeks, right? That is a normal period of time to hire well, right? You know, people talk about hire slow, fire fast. It's absolutely yeah. true. You don't want to rush recruitment for a, you know, a really good long-term team member. So uh, it went a bit quicker than expected. And so you do what anyone does. You, you scrabble and you get a bit scrappy and, you know, you make it work. Uh, we invested in tooling. So I made a very significant investment in a uh, an, an automate or an applicant tracking system. Uh, we use a tool called Workable, which was a, a hefty investment. And it felt a bit old school because they charge you annually in advance. So it's like they've yep. not read the SAS handbook of monthly pricing or anything <laughs> like that. And I was a bit like, what? That's And to me, actually, um, asking for payment in advance for a year, it's kind of like, well, where's the confidence, right? Um, but at the same time, I do something very similar. You know, I charge up front you know, for my clients because I talk to loads of agency owners and service business owners that have to chase clients for money. 30 day yeah. payment terms, 60 day payment terms. I never want to charge people for money. That does not sound like fun in the slightest. I'd much rather just guarantee success, guarantee a refund if there's a problem, which there never has been, might happen one day, but you know, guarantee success um, and just say, we're going to work to make people happy. And that that seems to be a much better way to, uh, to work. So yeah, you know, we've got the pain points. We need to hire some more people. Uh, the latest person just joined my team yesterday. Uh, I've got another person due to start within the next few weeks. And the hardest thing around all that is letting go, right? So like you said, as right. we all think if we could clone ourselves, we'd be fine. The reality is that other people can do it better than us. Uh, and it's figuring out what your superpower is, figuring out the skills and the attitude that you need to hire. And that's really what it's about, right? You've hired people with the right energy, the right attitude, the rest is straightforward. Um, and trying to do that in time so that you're not having to get, you know, the plates on the spinning poles aren't getting too wobbly. Uh, before you get your get your people in place. Now, I mean, you hit on another problem I hear a lot too that people don't think about. They're so gung ho to scale their business that they don't think about what happens if it scales too fast, especially mm -hmm. in a service based business because like all the wheels start to fall off when the car starts going too fast, right? So, like, how did you like? What did you do to get through that step? Like, are there like how did you? onboard quickly because you had to do it faster how did you set your team up to you know keep the wheels on the car as you moved basically yeah so we worked harder and more hours was the main thing and so the one thing i won't do is hire faster because that you know that is the recipe for disaster right and so it would be very easy for me to go right i'm just going to get someone in and i have to very intentionally slow myself down and take all the advice that i give my clients to be really thorough, think about what you really need and figure stuff out. So there, there have been ways that we've got some kind of short-term help, but generally it's been done in a way that we've kind of all mucked in. We've let some other things slip, right? So, you know, one member of the team spends some of her time kind of doing marketing to job seekers to help them kind of join and sign up. So, you know, we can flex that down a little bit to get some help on the, on the service side. So flexing that, investing in the tool at the right time was absolutely key and we could do that very quickly. That made a massive difference. Um, 
and just you know there i have got an ability to throttle how many you know if i don't do marketing then less calls get booked which means we make less sales albeit with so much of our business coming through referrals i can only throttle that so much but i can kind of throttle it a little bit and say hey look you know we're at capacity for this week so we can start next week so there's because the cycle of our you know projects or hires that is relatively short you know typically four to six weeks a week here and there allows us to flex that reasonably well um but there is a point that you know we i'm intentionally sticking roughly at the level we're at now for a couple of months while we onboard these kind of new people because it's it was on another podcast i listened to recently that they talked about you have to be really careful to be scrappy and not crappy and that's a yep. very very fine line right and I, i'm very happy to be scrappy not willing to go the other side of it so it's just balancing that <laughs> and it's almost like um getting the right things in place because then we can be turbocharged and then we can just you know we've, we're putting foundations in place that allow us to probably 5x again from where we are now so huge shifts but it's built on like solid foundations then so uh, it, it's a big big time of like focusing on systems and process at the moment i heard several things in there i want to make sure our listeners pick up on so circle back to those for half a yeah. second like don't be afraid to slow down was a big takeaway i just heard like don't be afraid to tell your clients like hey we're going to start you in a week or two don't be afraid to dial back your marketing for half a second don't hire faster like that is a huge thing that i hear people do all the time like whenever they start getting overwhelmed we've got to hire faster we're going to onboard we're going to throw people in we'll just hope for the best you're like don't do that work you know work more pull people from other stuff if you have to but like make sure you're you know keeping that strength in place so i think those are both things that you know, people need to pay attention to out of this conversation if you're listening to this episode. Um, so like, I'll, I always encourage people to hire someone. I think something else I heard you say was that they're going to do it better than you. And I feel like that's something that people don't really understand until they've hired someone in a service-based role and they've onboarded them properly. They've given them, you know, clear instructions on their job. And then they've given them the confidence to run forward with it, you know, to make mistakes, to fail forward, to learn things and expand the role. Like the first time I did that, it was like, well, there's no going back. Like I always say, like, if I try and keep it on my desk, on my to-do list, that's where it goes to die. If I delegate it off to my team, it's going to get done well. So it's like, speak to that a little bit. I mean, you're helping people do this all the time. You've done it yourself. Like, what can you do to not just like, hire someone and plug them into a role, but to set them up to be better than you at doing it. So, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, be really intentional about it. Like the, your time with them, you know, they're not you, they don't know what you know. So you can't expect them to come in and just kind of magically do everything that, that you want them to do perfectly straight away. So really spending time and setting expectations. Now I, I see entrepreneurs get frustrated, business owners get frustrated all the time with their hires. And they come to me saying, oh, I think I'm going to have to let this person go. And I'm like, well, why is that? And we talk it through. And at the end of it, I would say 50% of the time it comes out, they've just not set clear expectations. And so as a business owner, we've got to be, we've got to take it on ourselves. First of all, be really clear in what we want. Not just in the actual, like the outcome and the output of the task, but be clear in terms of the way you want things doing. So we have a ways of working document, a job rack that talks about right down to like real nitty gritty stuff, like, you know, how we want you to interact with a Google document. You know that we use the commenting function that we kind of do suggestions so that we can see and help each other get better um through to kind of softer things like you know hey when you start work just say hey in slack um and when you finish work for that kind of 
period of time. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm heading off now. I'm heading to lunch, whatever. Just like you would in an office because that's what kind of builds kind of, you know, a, a bit of kind of team around it. Um, so that's really, really important. The other thing, especially if your new hire is going to be client facing, okay, the biggest and best thing you can do is introduce them. So when there is a speaker coming on stage or a comedian, if you've ever go to a comedy gig, right, and they're coming on stage, right, they get introed on stage. The compare or the MC builds a bit of buzz. And you can do this with your team. And it's especially important if you've got, you know, let's say you're a US-based business, right? And you're hiring from other parts of the world. And you may be a little bit worried about, oh, what are my clients going to think, right? Are they going to think that I've, you know, outsourced to a cheaper part of the world, despite the fact that, you know, we all have all kinds of nationalities in the US, in the UK, all over the place, right? But it can be a concern and like, how would it be perceived? So it's really important to basically big them up, right? And not let them think of it that you are, you know, slopey shouldering it and kind of palming them off down to the junior. No, actually, what it is, is you're saying, I, I, you know, I'd be saying to you, Christina, um, I just want to let you know, I've got some really, really exciting news for you. Um, you have had to endure having me as your account manager, right, for the last six months. And I've done the best I can. But honestly, I am all over the place. I am CEO, I'm sweeping the floors, I'm doing everything right. And I know that I haven't done the job that I'd really like uh, and kind of like to do for you. And I know you like it, but, you know, I know we can do better. So what I've done is I've found you a real account manager, an absolute gun of a guy. He's going to absolutely knock your socks off. He's been doing this for years. He's way better than me. And, you know, this guy, so I'm going to introduce him to you next week. We're going to have a chat, uh, but I just want to let you know he was coming and he's going to take the best possible care of you. Um, he's going to have my full support. I'm going to give him a full handover, you know, and go from there. Now, you're going to feel good about that scenario there, right? I haven't sent you an email saying, hey, let me introduce you to your new account manager, right? I've set the new person up for success and I've made you feel good in the process. And I would almost always add a tag that says, hey, you know, if you ever want to kind of like downgrade and back to me again, then hey, here's my details. You know, <laughs> I'll take three days to respond to you like I normally do, but hey, you can always email me. Um, and for the record, I don't generally take three days to respond, but it's not as good as having someone that's, you know, dedicated. So I think that's the big thing is, you know, set people up, whether it's with your team, if they're only internally facing, but if they're externally facing, like with clients, set them up for that success, give them, the, you know, big up their intro and, and make them feel good, make the clients feel good about your decision to, you know, get better help um, to do the thing that they're going to do. I know I have very rarely regretted introducing someone to my client, like introducing someone on my team to a client. It always works out better. Cause like you said, like they're going to wait way longer for a reply from me. They're going to not get as good a service. I'm not going to be as proactive. I'm reactive because I'm reacting to so many things all day long. It's like somebody on my team is going to reach out every day if they need to, and they're going to check in and they're going to stay on top of it. And just the service is better, but I have never heard it put like that. Like I even interviewed a guy a couple weeks ago that he talked about, you know, he took a six month vacation from his business for businesses while they kept growing. So that was what I was interviewing him about. And he mentioned the same kind of thing, you know, being able to know who to point someone to. So it's like if one of his customers reached out to him while he was on vacation, he was like, look, I could help you, but I'm not the best person to do it. Talk to someone on my team. But I've never thought about like, I think I'm even guilty of that kind of just like email introduction, like, hey, here's Crystal. She's going to help you. Setting them up for success like that, that is a huge takeaway. Doing that whole MC introduction. Yeah, do it and do it. I mean, I'm a big fan of Loom videos, right? So even if I can't do it live, then a Loom video is really powerful. I do that just to intro people. So if if I'm going to intro two contacts together, nothing to do with business, just saying, hey, you know, you guys might be able to work together or something similar. 
and Loom Video is perfect for that. And, and you know, you can use it in this same way. So that's the big thing. You just just set them up for success. And just remember that, you know, you had to learn this stuff once. You know, people will generally do this better than you. Just think if you only had one thing to think about, how good you feared it. You know, most entrepreneurs and business owners would hate that because we love being a bit, you know, all over the place, dealing with lots of different things. But one thing to focus on, that it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And I mean, and giving them that power to own that role and to improve it and to make it better and not have to, you know, it's like, Hey, I gave you the script for how I ran it, but I'm confident that you can do it better and giving them the permission to do that. I know as soon as I do that, I did that, like one girl, I hired her. And on the first day she was like, you have problems here, here, and here. Can I fix them please? (laughs) She just ran and it was amazing. Now I know another thing that you're doing is you're helping people hire remote workers. And it sounds like your team is functioning remote as well Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, which is, you know, obviously the times being what they are, everybody's facing this right now. Do you have any tips or advice or wisdom to share for people when it comes to hiring and onboarding and engaging and managing remote workforce? I mean, it's a huge topic, but you know, some nuggets of wisdom. It is Uh, communication. That's the key one, right? Communicate a lot. Um, Spend time with your team. Uh, Set, you know, I mentioned earlier on, like set clear expectations. That's absolutely crucial. Um, But, you know, spend time with your team because in, you know, if you've previously been in a business where you've been together in an office, you get the, the random moments, right? That everyone refers to like the water cooler moments, but you go out for coffee or you go out for lunch or you have a chat in the lift. None of that exists in a remote business for better and for worse. So you just got to be intentional about it. So I am a big fan. You know, we have a team meeting every week. Uh, we have a clear agenda around it. We celebrate wins and kind of aha moments of the week. Um, but we're also looking at one of the things I'm going to bring back in. We haven't done for a little while is like just a social time. So probably once a month, like kind of four o'clock on a Friday or two o'clock on a Friday, find a time that works for everyone. You know, whether it's beers, whether it's a coffee, whether it's just the team social, you know, find ways to actually just get to know each other. That's that's really, really crucial because that's what really makes a team cohesive and, and working well together. So, yeah, communication, time together and expectations and objectives, you know, set clear objectives for your team so that they've got something to work towards and that they're all aligned around, you know, vision and values and culture. And, you know, some businesses have got that fleshed out really well. Others, it's a a kind of a twinkling in the eye of something or it's an item on the to-do list that we should do one day. But even if you just kind of share with them what your goals are for the year and then cascade those down, find ways everyone can kind of uh, support those goals. Just got to get them aligned around around the same thing. So, yeah, that communication is the main thing and just spend time with people. I know you even set expectations around communication, like say, hey, Slack, you know, hey, mm. and Slack when you, you know, first come on or bye when you're leaving for the day. And I mean, I know communicating your vision, that goes a long way. Like I'm managing, like uh, one of my companies, we have 35 writers and they're all remote. And I just kind of onboarded and said, here's work and here we go and let's do it. And, you know, I tried to do it the right way, but I didn't really communicate vision. And I realized pretty quickly that, you know, a month or two in after hiring some of them, they didn't even really know who our target clients were, like who it is we're even trying to service and what their unique problems are. And it's like, whoa, okay, step back, start over. So there's a lot of power to everything that you just said. Like I can attest to that doing it myself and following your advice. Um, It does make a huge, huge, huge difference. So let's talk about you. Obviously you help people find people. So pitch yourself right now if somebody's having some of these problems and they want to hire you who do you work with what do you do where do they find you 
Yeah, no worries. So we work with online business owners that want to hire really, really high quality, long-term team members. So if you want someone that's going to commit to you, part-time or full-time, developers, designers, project managers, operations people, SEOs, pretty much anything at all. Um, we specialize in finding you those people from Eastern Europe. Um, highly educated people with great English skills, really, really hardworking, and with a direct communication style that is uh, at first surprising and then refreshing. Um, you know, they tell you how it is, they get on and they work and they just do a great job. And because, you know, some of the economies are a bit less developed than, you know, US, UK, Canada, etc., um, they have a lower cost of living. So then the, the salaries are pretty, uh, very competitive as well. So, you know, and that gives you, you know, the ability to, for them to earn kind of great wages for, for where they are, but also allows business owners to scale their business faster and to hire better quality people earlier than, than they otherwise could do. Um, one, a lot of what we do is, you know, hiring is hard. It doesn't matter, you know, the best job board in the world or the best recruit in the world. Hiring is always hard and it should be because it's really important. So that's what we do. We help people to hire. Uh, we can, you know, we've got a few routes up the hiring mountain that I talk about from a, you know, $199 job post uh, to a, you know, kind of $1,500 and upward and a hiring service, typically saving you about 50 to 60 hours of your time. Um, and uh, if you're valuing your time at anything less than $100 an hour as a business owner, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, your time is really valuable. So that's why kind of people work with us. So we find you the very best people and uh, get you really, really great results through, you know, being helpful and friendly and, you know, uh, you know, being just, yeah, just helping, helping people all through the way, being a, you know, the hiring guide or the mountain guide as we, as we talk about it a lot. And uh, yeah, for anyone, anyone that wants to check it out, it's jobrack.eu and uh, you can see everything there. And if you want to kind of have a chat, you can book a call in with me and um, yeah, that's what we do. We've got lots of happy customers. And like I said, 85% of our customers come through referrals. So uh, we're clearly doing something right. Awesome. Thank you for sharing all that with us today, for sharing all these good tidbits of information with us today. I always tell people it's good to learn, but sometimes you just need to hire the people that know what they're doing. So hopefully, whether you're in that point where you're willing to pay time to save money and you're just going to take these nuggets and implement them yourself and get some results, or you're going to pay money to save time and go straight to job rack and just let them help you. Um, either way, you got something out of this call. So entrepreneurs, this is your call to take action. Join our community at etatoday.zone and learn how to build a business that enables your lifestyle instead of taking over your life. Thank you, Noel, for all of your advice today and look forward to talking with you some more later. Hey, great. Thanks so much, Christina. Great to be here.